Hi, it's Elizabeth, a.k.a. Piano Freak. Um, you can hear my dog barking in the background, which is annoying. But my message is about Aquamarine. Um, the incredible, um, I don't know what's going on. There's somebody delivering a package and my dog's flipping out. Anyways, um, uh, my message is that my like memory that I have about Aquamarine, I have too many to even focus on one specific thing because my sisters and I watched it so much growing up. But a more recent one that I think kind of made everything about the movie full circle is that it was obviously this big movie for um, like the Zillennial tween girls when it came out. And then I saw Lady Bird with my mom. And the first time that we see the math teacher in the movie, I think it's pretty early on, um, but we see the teacher. My mom grabs my arm. She goes, oh, my God, is that Raymond from Aquamarine? Which to me was just like, and I was like, oh, my God, it is. Um and we just, like, flipped out about that together. And it's not necessarily in memory of Aquamarine, but I think it, like, Ladybird being about, like, teenhood and growing up and then leaving your home or whatever. And then Aquamarine is also about having to say goodbye to, like, an era of your life somewhat in that, um, I can I think of her name? JoJo Moves. Right, like I just think, I feel like there's some sort of connection in all that, and I found it very beautiful and touching when he was in Ladybird. And I don't even think, I don't know if Greta Gerwig was like was aware of who he is as an actor and that he was in that, but I just think that it's a funny coincidence. So yeah, thank you. Hello, this is Jillian Oakley, at emo Canadian. Um, I want to talk about Aquamarine because this is a very important movie to me, and I think it made me gay. Um, so when I was a kid, I loved this movie so much when it came out. I used to listen to that Weezer song about the island or whatever it was called all the goddamn time, and I used to play it at uh, slumber parties with my best friend Alicia and she didn't really care about the movie but I did and I loved everything about it. I haven't watched it since I was a kid but I could easily do and you know I just I, I love Ben and Jerry's and I love everything about the movie and you know <laughs> I'm getting an emotional I just finished my shrink appointment but you know, you know what? Aquamarine is a cultural reset. And that is all I have to say about it. Thank you, JoJo. Thank you, What's Her Face, who is also in the Innkeepers. What's her name? Sarah Paul? No, not Sarah Paulson. God damn it. I'm searching Aquamarine on Letterboxd right now so I can remember. And I don't sound like a dumbass. Who was the other girl? Oh, Emma Roberts? It was directed by a woman? I love when Sarah Paxton. I was, oh my god. Oh my god. This is amazing. Okay, bye. <laughs>
Hi everybody, welcome back to the biggest load of bullshark you could ever listen to. This is the Zillennial Canon. I'm Kira. Um, and I'm Adam, and this is definitely bullshark, because this is a this is a girls movie. This is a girl this is girls week on the Zillennial Canon. And I'm not sure I'm invited. I feel like we should have had a, a guest, but it's just me talking about this movie. And I don't know if that's appropriate. Sometimes I just let you talk and see where you end up. Yeah, because I have no idea what to even say about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're covering the movie Aquamarine. Well, Adam, first off, what's up? How are you? I'm fine. We haven't recorded in a while, as per usual. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> it's um, it's going fine. It was it was going great, and I you know, had to go, I texted Kira, I'm like, do you want to do an episode this week? And she said, yeah. And much like with Bionicle, where we had let a lot of time pass and she felt bad. So she let me have Bionicle. I felt bad. And I let her have Aquamarine. So that's, yeah, that's how it's been the last two weeks. Just um, guilt piling wait, up. Excuse me. Let me look back in our texts. What? I feel like you had mentioned Aquamarine to me. Well, uh, that's what I'm saying, because I, like, I meant, like, I get, because you talked about it to me before, so I was it. like, you should, we, we should just do Aquamarine, okay. um, yeah. me not knowing anything about this movie, I just You said, said wait, so we texted a bunch, and then you said, Aquamarine, and I said, please, <laughs> you said, okay, I'll watch it tonight, which <laughs> we didn't, you watched it two minutes ago. Well, that was fair, I wanted to give it the proper attention it deserved. Um, Not at like 2 a.m. last Yeah. Night. Yeah. I, it had to be tonight on HBO Max in my living room at like 9 p.m. That's the, yeah. that's the prime time to watch this. Yeah. Um, Kira, how are you? Um, I'm okay. I uh, My birthday was this past weekend and I'm almost in my mid-20s and that's a weird concept. Yeah, the king of Staten Island over here. Don't even speak to me about that movie. Here I am in my twenties, going on another antidepressant this week. Don't even speak to me about the King of Staten Island. I mean, Marissa Tomei is your mom. Like it's weird how Damn. the parallels like overlap. Yeah, that sucks. Um, We're just bullshitting at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um. I was, like, looking back at my letterbox, and I'm, because I'm just, like, so busy with school every single day of my life, every second of every day, and I was looking back in my recently watched on letterbox, and, like, the last four movies that I've watched in the past, like, three weeks, like, legitimately have watched no movies, were, like, only Mike Myers movies, and, like, clueless one day at, like, midnight, just because I, like, happened to sit down and turn on my TV, and needed like comfort, so I watched Clueless. Which is a and great then, movie, by the way. Yeah, it's perfect. I it's like one of my favorite movies, honestly. It's on Netflix um, now for anyone that wants to watch it. Yes. But I also have it on my Criterion shelf. It's not on Criterion, I just I, I was about to say I'm like it on, on my Criterion. Criterion. 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, I watched Master of Disguise for the first time and the last time. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry to friend of the pod, Zach, who's been begging me for months to watch, to be on the pod for uh, Master of Disguise, but I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. Oh, shit. He wants to... No, we're not doing Master of Disguise. No, Sorry, Zach. No, 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 no. He saw the Dana Carvey movie club, and he texted me specifically. He said, can we do it now? And yeah. I said, no, I'm Absolutely. not watching it. Absolutely. I'm not doing it. No. I'm, I literally... I don't want anybody to even mention that movie to me ever again. It was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm glad that you said this now, because now I can like make him listen to this episode as like proof that you disagreed to it, I disagreed to it. Yeah. He's welcome on the pod, but that movie, no, it's not happening. I feel like it's also, like, I would have probably found it ironically funny in any other context, but I think, like, not being able to leave the house or see any new movies (laughs) for, like, three, four months, I don't even know. Um, And the fact that I don't have time or the attention span to watch any good movies to balance it out, I just, like, cannot find a bad movie ironically enjoyable anymore there's some that are like bad (laughs) enough to enjoy but i i could not imagine watching masters of the skies during a pandemic like that seems like the worst like the like a punishment crueler than death like i can't even yeah yeah i feel like recently i watched a movie that was i was like i hated this movie and then i watched it with a group and i found it good i'm trying to look back on my letterbox and see what it was it really just like changed the vibe of it was it uh like an oh Irish movie? the top yeah yeah i thought that was really good honestly it was really really fun it was like very campy and fun and then also this past week for my birthday club meeting we watched wayne's world 2 which was the most perfect film i've ever seen in my life I remember I told you, I said it was just as good as the first movie, and you didn't believe me. It's probably honestly better than the first movie. Yeah, I, I think it's technically better. I, I, I maybe cried. think the first one was... I legitimately cried during that movie. It's very sweet. Because there's, old. like, when he's, like, running to, like, find Cassandra, like, um, New Order plays, and I, I cried. Because yeah. I think Mike Myers should... I personally think he should play a romantic lead more because he's just a charming leading man. I think comedians should always play leads in romantic comedies. This movie, except it's like uh, Mike Myers is the uh, lifeguard. <laughs> that would have been great. If that was the case, it would be your favorite movie of all time. You're acting like it isn't like I just, I love this movie. It's great. Well, let's be honest here. Austin Powers is your favorite right now, but if Mike Myers, yeah, that's in my lifeguard. top four on Letterboxd. Yeah, but if, if Mike Myers was the lifeguard in this movie, it would be your number one, like, unironically, too. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, so, Aquamarine, do you have any memories about Aquamarine? Um, well, tonight was my first time watching the, uh, the Kino, the, the film. Uh, but my memories with it are kind of like, I knew, like, it existed when I was a kid. Like, I... Um, 
just like girls in my neighborhood like loved it i think uh and it, it took place in florida so there was like a lot of florida. oh yeah yeah this is the florida man canon definitely i me and a uh, friend of the pod mia were talking about that tonight like how some movies just have like a very beachy vibe like you brought up hoot and uh, i said this one is just like that where it has like a perfect floridian vibe to it mm-hmm. um my only memory of this movie is that i was supposed to go see I was supposed to go see it one day and I kind of like was a little dick about it. I was like, I don't want to go see a girl movie. And uh, so I didn't, we saw Dougal instead. <laughs> and uh, I remember my mom, like after Dougal ended, she was like, yeah, I bet you wish you saw Aquamarine now. And <laughs> Dougal starring Kevin Smith. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who's in Dougal, but yes, he was. Kevin Smith was. I'm not saying I don't. I'm not saying he's not. I just said I don't know who's in Dougal, but I'll take your word for it. It's like a really weird um, cast. Just to you know, not to make this about Dougal, um, but this is not a Dougal. (laughs) It's definitely not, and we're never doing an episode because that movie had very bad impacts on me. But um, do you remember what the first movie you disliked was? I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. Mine was Dougal. <laughs> that was my the first movie I ever. Decided. Wait, this has an insane cast. Can I please read off the cast? Yeah. So Jimmy Fallon, John Stewart, Whoopi Goldberg, William H Macy, Chevy Chase, Judy Dench, Kylie Minogue, Ian McKellen, Kevin Smith, Bill Hader, John Krasinski, Danny McBride. What? Brad Garrett. Right, Mint what Winston. Is um, what is this movie? That's so weird. Have you seen it before? Yeah. It's definitely okay. like a money laundering scheme. It's a very bad movie. And I remember watching it primarily because I loved to like, I mean, I still love dogs, but I loved dogs when I was a kid. <laughs> and I was like, okay, it has, it's like an anime movie with dogs. Like, I gotta go see it. Um, it's awful. It's like one of the worst movies of all time. I mean, maybe yeah. we can cover it one day just like as a reason to talk about my first time ever disliking something, but um, my only association with Aquamarine is that I didn't see it, and therefore, by not seeing it, made me watch Dougal, which was like my least favorite movie ever when I was a kid. So I always think maybe I should have just gone with Aquamarine. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So what are your uh, memories with? <laughs> so my. One of my cousins, I can't remember if it was this or if it was, maybe it was, um, what was that Amanda Bynes movie where she, like, switches places with her twin brother? Um, uh, do, I don't know if I've seen that one. Is it, like, uh, What a Girl Wants? No, um. Okay, yeah, I've. It was. <laughs> the only Sorry, one I've seen I'm just like, that one. <laughs> Um, it's like she wants to go to like a private school to play soccer and she like switches places with her brother and puts on like a wig, like her like twin brother. And Channing Tatum's in it. Oh, um, she's the man. Yeah, I can't remember if it was that or this, but I remember my cousin, who's a guy, was having like a birthday party at our local movie theater. And they were like trying to rent out the theater for one movie or something, but they can only get like the other movie. And I couldn't remember if it was She's the Man or if it was this, but I remember kids in this class were laughing at him because they were like a girl movie. But I, w- I enjoyed myself. 
I'm gonna go ahead and say it's probably Aquamarine because she's the man who was like a PG thirteen like I mean they're, they're like older than me. Okay, but. I mean maybe, but it was kinda like a borderline raunchy comedy, but it Yeah, was... no, and I'm familiar with She's the Man. Oh, okay. I don't wanna I don't wanna mansplain <laughs> she's the man to you, but <laughs> she's um... the mansplaining. <laughs> um Yeah. But so... so this is in the Kira Teen Girl canon. Yeah. Um, along with like every other movie in which I just I'm like this is my concept of like what being a teenager would be like right. um, both have Jojo in it like yeah yeah it, it's usually Jojo and she's usually wearing cargo <laughs> pants I wrote Jojo cargo <laughs> pants she dives into the ocean with uh cargo pants on in this movie yeah honestly queen yeah I I mean, did you you like this movie a lot as a kid? No, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I bought the DVD from, which I really wanted to watch this on DVD. I forgot about that. Just because I have the DVD from Blockbuster with, like, that, like, thick plastic, like, like uh, DVD case. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the, my favorite DVD case. Yeah. Like, yeah. it has, like, a texture. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, not my I, have I bought it pre-owned from Blockbuster. I still have my 500 Days of Summer blockbuster thing and I think a few other movies on that like weird case. I think it was $14.97. That's very specific. <laughs> There's hope. like a one of those big stickers on the cover. Oh, like you can't pull them off because it's on that texture. I just don't want to pull it off. It's a relic of the past. Right. Yeah. Respect. Um, yeah. Also, while watching this, I don't know if you noticed, but like this movie is like kind of visually really nice. Like, you could kind of see, like, some, like, film grain. And, like, uh, the colors in it are kind of nice. Damn. Even you, uh, see you Karen... also enchanted by that, <laughs> as I was? Um, I, I gotta say, I did not pick up on that. Um, it, was, like, watch... it was pretty. Did I watched you... it on HBO. It wasn't, like, in uh, bad okay. quality. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's not a bad-looking movie. I just don't think I was, you know, blown away by the aesthetic of it not even like the cinematography but like the colors were nice and like the like the color grading of it was nice and um yeah i like being able to see like the film grain like it i don't know it it made it feel more like um like wholesome like it didn't feel like one of those like teen movies that netflix would just like pump out because it's like cheap to make or whatever you know yeah, I'll agree with that. Like, at least um, they put... It had some sense there. of, like, a style to it, you know? Yeah, and I'll say this. Like, every time they had the uh, tail, like, halfway out of the water. Yeah. Like, either she's in the bathtub or at the very beginning when they first meet her. Like, it was kind of cool the way they did it. You can tell they're working with, like, a low budget. So it's kind of, like, admirable um, to see, like, them explain care into the movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's nice to see someone try. <laughs> well, I mean, because seriously, a lot of ki- people who make kids' movies, they don't try. So it, no, it I is. Don't. I don't. Yeah, no, I mean, I get that it's kind of a weird thing to say. Like, it's good that they tried, but like, it, it's true. They, a lot of people just make, they see kids' movies and they like think, oh, I can just, you know, make money off this. And like, they don't think anything of it. But mm-hmm. uh, no, I mean, they put care into this one. I'll say that. Yeah. I wish there were more like, um, like tween girl movies like i feel like they're just kind of like the to all the boys i love before movies and then like bad netflix movies you mean like now yeah like i feel like there aren't really that many anymore and i like that this 
which like I kind of wanted to say this to like sum it up towards the end but like um I thought it was really really admirable I thought that it was really well written first of all the characters especially Emma Roberts character I thought that was surprisingly really complex because I haven't watched this in a while mm-hmm. um and also I think it's nice that the two girls like spoiler alert whatever I mean if you're listening to this like whatever you've seen it um but I thought it was really admirable that both Emma Roberts and Jojo didn't have love interests and the whole thing was based on like their character arc and friendship arc um yeah and even like when again spoiler alert I guess but like even when Aqua gets the guy at the end so to speak she more so learns about friendship with those two than she does about like love which i think is also yeah it's not just you know it's not just about those two it's about like how i don't know love extends just beyond romance yeah and another thing too that like even beyond friendship is that um so the whole thing is jojo's moving halfway around the world which moving halfway around the world is zillennial canon like starting a movie being like i'm moving halfway around the world tomorrow that's zillennial canon or across the country or halfway across the country um so she's moving to australia because her mom's like a scientist and like it does seem believable um like it's not just like my mom's getting transferred at work it's like she's like a marine biologist it's like very talented and like they're moving so it makes sense but um so in the end it's also like um like yeah they're like friendship like the moral is like their friendship like wins but also like they decide to like keep their wish and not have her stay and they decide to be separated because she's also like I want my mom to be happy too and she's really proud of herself which was a good subversion of my expectations to where the film was going because I thought you know I really thought I had like the whole movie like mapped out at a certain point and like oh the dude's gonna be a a douche like uh Mm -hmm. Raymond whatever um Mm -hmm. like he he is gonna be a bad guy and uh you know the mean girl is gonna get pushed into the water at the end and like the the, uh she's gonna convince her mom that she's gonna stay here in florida and stuff and uh they pretty much subverted every expectation i had which i have to admire to an extent um it's yeah i mean it's (laughs) i don't know it's it's okay if i guess i'm gonna get into it um it's it's fine it's 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 perfectly fine it's it's very much not for me um probably wasn't for me back in the day and I have to say, it's definitely not for 22-year-old me now. Um, but it's not bad. Not not at all. It's not a bad movie. Uh, it's, uh, I don't even know. Like, I admire some messages, and I totally see why Kira loves it. Um, and why it probably meant a lot to kids when it came out. Like, I can definitely mm-hmm. see the trademarks of why this is a linear movie for, like, you know, other people. But... Yeah, I mean, it's it's totally fine. It's, it's perfectly watchable. Um, it's a perfect Tuesday night movie. Okay, Boomer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, I think this movie's great. I think that, I don't know, like, do we even have to get into the plot? Like, so these two girls are best friends. They have a crush on this lifeguard. Um, it's established that 
and the two girls are Emma Roberts and Jojo. Um, they it's established that Jojo is moving to Australia from Florida um, in like three days. And they live essentially in this like seaside town, like adjacent to like a resort um, that they spend all their time at, which is like it's not like a resort resort. It's like a it reminds me of like my local like community pool kind of. Um, and like not really like run down, but like just kind of like everyone knows everyone and it's like chill. But um, so then uh, I couldn't tell you what happens next, but a mermaid shows up. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking, I'm like, what do you, so, like, okay, so there's, like, a storm. Literally watched it, like, a few hours ago. So there's, like, a, <laughs> there's, like, a storm that happens, and you don't really, because I, I think they said in the movie, there's, like, there's no warning of the storm, it just happened out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and uh, everyone's, like, sheltering and, like, whatever, and, you know, they're having a sleepover, they're not really thinking anything of it, it's Florida, it's storms, you know? Yeah. Um, and then uh, the mermaid, aquamarine, shows up and then later on in the movie she kind of explains uh that the her dad cast the storm as she was running away from home because she didn't want to marry uh some fish Wasn't person he like a he was a he was she like said a squid she, she said squid but i couldn't say tell if it was like an insult or if it was yeah. like really a squid she was trying to marry because in this movie they like replace like curse words and stuff with random ocean terms and also like, when the when the rich girl's like there's something fishy about her and I'm oh like, yeah that 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 makes me chuckle <laughs> I was that's, just like, that's good writing right there when i talk about this movie having good writing that's what i'm talking about oh okay good i <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah bull shark got me i won't lie that one, good. yeah um that was they, definitely like in the trailer and we would see it a lot um did they they did something with bitches, but I can't remember what she said. Because I really thought she was about to say bitches, and I was, like, ready for it. And then they don't. And I can't remember what she says. But um, Which I know is not helpful at all, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was funny to me. And, uh, yeah, there's just some there's some funny parts, I thought. I, I really liked the Ben and Jerry's and the tub part. Yeah, that's... And also, I think it's really... I think their chemistry is incredible. Like you, you sent me a picture. You said women be shopping. Okay, I love a good shopping makeover montage. Okay, I think wait, wait, every, let's not cancel me. It was a joke, just to clarify. All right, I, I don't. Every movie deserves a shop, a shopping makeover montage, and I think this one is great. Um, and I, I just think that their chemistry is incredible, and they make it like funny, like, like you said, like the bathtub scene when she has to, like, jump in and pretend to be her legs, like, that genuinely was very funny and cute and, like, sweet and charming. Um, and how she has to have, like, salt all the water she drinks. Yeah. 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 And then yeah, I always find it funny when Raymond, which we'll discuss Raymond in depth, when he, like, sips the salt water and just, like, <laughs> spits it out all over the table. Okay. You know what? I... This movie, I had, I was very like adamant through this throughout this movie for like a good portion of it. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, the part that kind of won me over was their first date, where he's like, "Okay, I'll try some salt water," and I'm like, and I like just quietly went like, "Aw, like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's you never cute. tasted salt water before." <laughs> what? 
Okay. So speaking of that, can we just talk about what an idiot Raymond is? Like, wait, do you know who? Do you know the? Don't Google it. But do you know off the top of your head where you know him from? Other than this no, movie? I have no idea. Uh, he's the math teacher in Lady Bird that they love. Okay, maybe he has rights then. <laughs> I I went on um, IMDb throughout this movie because it was bugging me. I'm like, I know who he is. Yeah. Um, and sure I enough, yeah. remember. I can't remember the math teacher from Lady Bird for the life of me. It's the one that Beanie Feldstein's like obsessing over that entire movie, and then she finds out he's married. And you don't remember this at all? No, yeah, I know, but I, I um, I I remember the plot line, but I don't remember like his. Oh right, right. In it. I've watched it three times in quarantine. It's my fault. I was going to, and then I was like, I can't emotionally handle this um (laughs) anyway so raymond i just have so many like notes about him that are just so dumb first of all before i get into like the dumb moments um did they ever say like how old he is and how old the girls are supposed to be i'll I'll just say this in answers no to that but i (laughs) the thing about this movie is at the end where he kisses them like on the cheek but like At the same time, me and Mia both went like, ew, like when he did that. Because it's like, yeah. it's weird that he kissed them. Like, it's, they're, un- yeah. he's clearly overage and they're very clearly underage. And it's weird, like, when that happens. Like, yeah. And, like, I, I mean, like, I don't know, like, mermaid laws, but, like, I'm assuming, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm assuming Aquamarine is older than them because she's getting married. However, I'm pretty sure, like, Ariel and the Little Mermaid, it was, like, supposed to be, like, 15. So. Let me see. So, Sarah Paxton's 32 right now. And Emma Roberts is 29. So, there's, like, a three-year difference in real life. Emma Roberts is pregnant right now. Is she? Yes. Good for her. Yeah. Love to see it. Anyways. Um, but also, like, people always have, like, older people playing younger people. So, like, who knows? And I think that, I don't know. Like, I could see the girls maybe being, like, 15 or 16. And he was definitely older. But it's also really hard because the movie takes place in the summer. So they're not like, oh, I'm a senior. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. So there's, so there's no... no way to really tell. But, I mean, the main thing is that he... And, like, the mean girl, too, Cecilia. Okay. And, like, all her friends. Um, I'm reading somewhere that it says uh, Emma Roberts' character was 13 and Aquamarine was 17. So... Did she say 17? I'm just reading this. I don't know if it's true. It's okay. fan fiction. I don't know. Where are you reading this? Uh aquamarine.fandom.com uh they have okay. it's an aquamarine I, wikipedia yeah and i'm i yeah i mean uh, i i could see that what about the girls they're both 13 13 that's what it says every I like mean, i'm reading I, old wait, reviews that for this would kind of make yeah I'm reading old reviews and they all say like two 13 year old girls. Like they all say that. So I, I think it's true. I mean, I could see that because it's also like, I don't know. Like, I feel like this movie kind of leans towards like being like a coming of age movie and that would make them like going into high school. Right. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, I that would make sense. I just kind of wish they like established that rather than being like this grown man is gonna like acknowledge them. <laughs> yeah, it just and it also says um Raymond is seventeen to eighteen. Like it doesn't even specify. Yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense because they have. Uh, I don't know. Then, like, why would Cecilia be, like, I don't know. I just, I like the idea that they're, like, that age, which I assumed that they were, because it's, like, they, like, ride their bikes. Like, that kind of, like, I don't know. I feel like they should have mentioned that, because that kind of sets up, like, the dynamic between them and, like, the mean girl and, like, why they dress the way they do and are so, like, insecure about that and, like, um, the fact that they, like, ride bikes and not drive and, like, you know what I mean? Well, the thing about it is, like, it was doing so good up to that point where he had to give them, like, a kiss. Where it was, like, they learned the lesson that, like, they prioritized friendship over love. And, or, you know, they learned that friendship is a form of love. And it was, like, a very, like, very pure ending, I thought. And then they had to go with the validation from Raymond, which I just thought was so unnecessary like it you didn't need it whatsoever at the end like it it would have been better without it if you ask me like if i like i get it because it's almost like no you know what i get it because okay (laughs) no like it's almost like a because he doesn't really like acknowledge them the whole movie but like they're the ones that kind of orchestrated the whole thing of him meeting aquamarine and like falling in love with her and they were just kind of like in the background the whole time and like he knows that like they love him and it's just like almost like a polite like acknowledgement like he didn't like kiss them but you don't have to kiss them at all like that's the thing like it's just so weird to me like it's like I mean I'm not like saying like it should have happened but like I get it like it's almost like like it's like it doesn't have to be like on the nose like oh like thanks for like, oh, you didn't realize it, but I realized you were there. Like, thanks for setting us up. You know what I mean? Like, I don't Yeah, know. and if I'm being dramatic about this, feel free to at me. It's fine. But it's just, like, I, I don't know. Like it, like I said, both Mia and me were, like, ill, like, when it happened. So it was kind of, like... I mean, I've seen this movie a million times, so I feel like it doesn't really phase me anymore. Right. Yeah, again, this is the fresh pair of eyes reviewing Aquamarine in the year 2020. So... Um, and also, it's from a different time, so I guess I also took account that. I, I feel like you cannot have that today. I mean, I, I don't think that scene is super cancelable. It's not, like, cancelable. It's, it's, it's like, it's like, not, it's not, like, I don't know, like, I don't think it's but I think they comfortable. Think, I think it's just, uh... They would have thought twice before they did it, this time at least. I think, I think. it's just the, the idea of where the plot was going. I was trying to see if this had a female director, and it does. Um, who is it? Um, Elizabeth Allen Rosenbaum, who did uh, classics such as Ramona and Beezus, um, Careful What You Wish For, which I have definitely not seen. It has one of the Jonas Brothers in it. Um, Eyeball Eddie. Okay, so I've only seen two of these movies. Honestly, auteur. Yeah. Um, have you seen Ramona and Beezus? No, but I loved those books a lot. Maybe. So I'm not gonna watch it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Didn't mean to get your hopes up. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, it's you can tell that there's like a um, female presence behind the camera. Like, yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just really special that, like I said, it doesn't focus on like, I mean, like it does focus on a love interest, but like the love interest that they're going towards is like a collective thing and it like causes the arc in their friendship. And, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's like, the main focus. However, the love interest is not the main thing that they're striving for. Yeah, no, and I, I admire that. That's why I uh, really liked most of the ending where that was revealed. Because the thing is, it was definitely set up that way. And also, it was kind of like... Um, I'm trying to think. It's like almost like Shrek and Enchanted, where mm-hmm. it was like those movies, they kind of um even Moana entangled a little bit. Uh they like distance themselves away from the princess trope. Um and I think this one kind of like mocked Little Mermaid a little bit, where it's like in that movie she falls in love with Prince Eric within a weekend. Mm-hmm. And then he straight up tells her in this movie, like, hey, like I don't love you yet, but I like you. Like it's it's possible to like someone in three days, but I can't like be in love with you in three days mm-hmm. and i think that's like a very like good message to have and also like it feels yeah. like and he didn't it, even like lay it out like that like he was literally just like we've only been on one date like he doesn't say like how can i love you like yeah yeah, yeah. i mean he, they, it's not like as on the nose as i making it seem but yeah the way they do it is very uh i, I really like that scene a lot and um I, I feel like you know disney did it so late in the game when they like try to subvert it with tangled and moana mm-hmm. like but this movie did it. They did it before those movies, uh, so it, it was a trailblazer. Uh, yeah, as the kids say. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I also like that, like she didn't stay on land. I think that's kind of cool, because she like made her own life for herself and was just like, yeah, we'll check back in. Yeah, it's very uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet vibes with that one. Um, it's, Talk uh, about a Ralph Breaks the Internet moment. An epic Ralph Breaks the Internet Talk moment. Talk about a 2002 Honda Civic moment. <laughs> <laughs> it has been that. Uh, oh my god. Okay. Oh, so yeah, I, I think also they had good chemistry. Like you said, like when they were on the date and he like drank the salt water. Um, I don't remember if you said that as a good thing or a bad thing. No, but, I actually I love that scene. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> I thought it was very chemistry. cute. And yeah, I thought also, um, the scene during the dance when they do the fireworks. Weezer. Oh my god. No, not that. Oh wait. Oh, the scene. That was the scene before, <laughs> wasn't it? No, when yeah, after she leaves and the fireworks show is going on and she's like back and forth in between them. I thought right. that was amazing and I loved it. I I did like. I gotta say, Weezer was like the last song I expected in this movie. Like, do you want to know what note I wrote for that scene? Go for it. Let me look for it really quick. Okay. If I went to a party. And there was a cover band. I would straight up kill myself and then leave. <laughs> a Weezer cover band, no less. Yeah. I mean, okay. I don't know if he stayed through the credits. 
I, I no, I did not. Because no. I just didn't feel like moving and turning it off. Right. Um, so all three girls have songs over the credits. First one, of course, is an original JoJo song. Second one is Which a Sarah song. Yeah, there's always an original JoJo song. <laughs> Second one is a song by Sarah Paxton. I can't remember if it's a cover or an original song. So JoJo, incredible singer. Sarah Paxton, pretty good singer. The last one, they leave for the end of the credits, is a cover of Island in the Island of <laughs> what's it called? Island in the Sun. <laughs> yeah, from yeah. By Emma Roberts. <laughs> Oh, and it's the worst thing I've ever heard. And they left it for the end of the credits. Should <laughs> like I look for live on pod or should I wait? Um, I'm you can listen the, to it. I'm going to see if it even comes up. Okay. Um, yeah, so all, they had to be like, oh, I guess we have to give all three of them a song over the credits. So they just like snuck her in like at the end and it's horrible it's so bad and i feel so bad because i like emma roberts but girl like girl what you doing wait hold on i'm gonna let me listen to it real quick let me just like listen to a snippet okay just like at all no just like go to like the middle of the song yeah hold on do you remember unfabulous i love that show that's what i was thinking of Hold yeah, on. I think this was like around the same era. Two thousand six. Yeah, so it was. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, <laughs> I. She just has like okay, so JoJo has like this like powerhouse voice that like is very, kind of. It was like unique for like a teen star. I feel like at the time. Right. And Emma Roberts has that very like Disney slash Nickelodeon, which I feel like actually Disney did a. I mean, Nickelodeon kind of ended up having, like, a more unique array of talents. Like, all the people that were, like, in Victorious and stuff, obviously, like, Ariana Grande. But um, Emma Roberts has, like, that weird kind of, like, whiny, um, like, oh, she's in a TV show. She might as well sing and we'll have her sing the theme song. And, like, she never really made, like, a music career out of it. Except for this one cover of Island in the Sun. I was going to ask if she's sang anymore. Like, uh, she did the Unfabulous theme song. She would like sing. I feel like it was almost like a plot point that she would be bad at singing in Unfabulous though, wasn't it? I can't remember. Like she just kind of like mindlessly like strummed on her guitar and would like make up like funny songs when she was like angry at people. I want to watch Unfabulous with that. You know what? We we keep saying JoJo, but Emma Roberts is also Zillennial Queen, I think. Like between, Yeah. Uh, this... Unfabulous was like cuz I feel like a lot of people are like, "Oh, like what did you watch on Nickelodeon as a kid?" And it's like, "Well, iCarly was a little bit not like after my time, but like I was already kind of like a preteen when iCarly came on I feel like and then like things like um like all that and stuff were like too old for me but it's like Unfabulous Unfabulous was there iCarly lasted for five years that's pretty long time for a kid show um because most of them only last like Unfabulous only lasted two years yeah um and I think I feel Drake, like Un- Unfabulous and Drake and Josh were like the yeah, main 
Legends, like, those were, like, the perfect timing for, like, us when we were younger on Nickelodeon. Even Drake and Josh only had three years, but I hardly had, like, a straight-up five-year run, which is pretty yeah. impressive. I mean, it was perfect. Yeah, I mean, I watched iCarly, like, a little bit when I was a kid, like, because I, I watched, I liked it when I, like, was a kid, but, like, I think, because it didn't end until 2012, but, and by that point, I was not watching Nickelodeon anymore, yeah. but um, back in 2007, like, 8, maybe even 9, I was definitely watching it, and, um, yeah, and then, I guess, Zoe 101 was a big one for me. <laughs> no? Yeah? I just choked on water, sorry. Okay, I was, I thought you were, like, <laughs> I thought you were going, like, <laughs> I thought that was like a like dismissive like hmm not Zoe one. No, I literally choked on water. Um, <laughs> You're good. Yeah, I'm fine. I like wasn't really super into Zoe 101. I don't know why, but me and my roommate and like two other girls from my hall like watched that weird like reunion on like legitimately like a 15 inch TV like in my dorm room. <laughs> do you remember that where um it's at, like uh, at night where they like had like a reunion or whatever where it was like a time capsule or whatever but it wasn't even uh zoe wasn't even on it right it was just um chase and uh michael right something like that i don't even remember well, it was i just, just remember, like, gathering on the tv and that was like the big tv event of like our generation well wasn't it like um he comes into a cafe and Chase is on a date and then michael's like Zoe still loves you or something and like it's just like to be continued and then like they never followed it up like yeah um I don't know because it's like weird because everyone always wants like um oh it was what did Zoe say it was like a five yeah. minute long yeah. yeah that was it yeah um yeah things like this are like weird because I feel like everyone always wants like reunions and stuff but like Dan Schneider is at the center of all this stuff and it's kind of weird also because like I really like like Victorious and I do like I do also like iCarly because when I was babysitting like these were the shows that were like on so I just got like really into them I even like like Big Time Rush a decent amount but um yeah Yeah, my little sister liked Big Time Rush a lot yeah Um, and I watched um or not watched I met the dude from Big Time You Rush. have told that story at least three times on the pod. Oh, have I? It's, yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to, like, it's nothing to brag about. I just... It's so funny because it sounds like you're like, well, I met the guy from Big It's Time. not even, like, because it's nothing to brag about. Um, <laughs> it's legitimately not, but it's, uh... I'm not going to tell it now. Never mind. <laughs> I, it's, it's okay. But, um, yeah, it's weird because it was, like, the anniversary of victorious i feel like it was like 10 years already but they did like a zoom call with the whole cast and like ariana grande was posting about it and like dan schneider was just like in the call that's and this was like a few months ago why it's so weird but did he like not say anything the entire thing like they just posted screenshots on the zoom call they didn't make oh. it that's that's so weird like and yeah. it's the thing we're on twitter where it was like uh the foot logo at nickelodeon studios yeah i've like dove in deep watching like the videos about him at like 2 a.m because it's like so scary i don't think i've ever done it yet because i uh um just don't want to ruin it for me i mean yeah i mean like i know everything there's literally a picture on like 
Google images of him like sniffing Michelle Obama. Um, interesting. <laughs> Where she was on iCarly. What? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She had a cameo. I remember distinctly being the most excited person in the world when uh when One Direction was on. My God, this is so weird. Like, I'm looking at stuff on Dance China right now, and like, do you remember when uh when Carly's room burned down, and they uh, built her a new room, and it's like the episode was called like I got a new room. Probably, I don't remember <laughs> exactly, but no, I just remember the promos. Like they would make these like weird like big episodes. I don't remember the one where they went oh. to uh, was it Tokyo where they went? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So iCarly is connected to my personal canon because um, the teacher that's obsessed with Randy Jackson is Frau from Austin Powers. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) Did that make any sense? I'm sorry. Who's Frau again? Um, Spoiler alert. Scott Evil's mother, Doctor Evil's lover. Is it? Is that? Um, the one in the military uniform. Yeah, no, 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 no. But who is she in that? In the She's other the teacher when they break into her house, and she has a closet dedicated to Randy Jackson. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> it all comes full circle in no for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, why I don't know why I was thinking of Pineapple Express when you said Randy Jackson. I, I got the references mixed up. Like when in Pineapple Express, no, not Pineapple Express, Step Brothers, when John C. Riley says like, um, I my samurai sword is autographed by uh, Randy Jackson, and he's like, why did you get it autographed by your samurai sword? And he's like, it's the only thing I had on me, and you're not gonna get your sword not signed by Randy Jackson. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> I got them. Rep- I was trying to remember. I'm like, is that an iCarly or Step Brothers? But um, yeah, I, I I'm trying to. Rem- I don't think I've seen that episode. Um, was that it like was an like, earlier one? That or? was a really early one. Wait, do you remember the shirts from iCarly that were like the what were they called? Like penny tees, where it was just like random words on it. Wait, no, I, take I it wanted back. one I, of those so bad. I take it back. I have seen this episode. I just like googled it's like iCarly Randy Jackson and. Yeah, I, I definitely remember this episode. Should we get iCarly t-shirts? Should um should we and will we are two different questions. There's um, one that says spaghetti tacos. Do you know that joke? Yeah, doesn't Spencer Spencer make them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I feel like they used to sell like official ones, but there are a lot on Etsy. There's yeah. one that says random dancing, church pants. Noodle Booty, Macaroni Girl. I like Macaroni Girl. That's a good one. Coffee Noodles, Cookie. I really don't. I don't remember any of these. Imagine being like the writer for just these shirts. I'm like, well, aren't they all like um, references to the show? Like, like maybe. Well, I mean, how else would they be connected? True. (laughs) You can make you can make your own. You can like send them a uh should we just say like the zillennial canon yeah make like a penny tea that says zillennial canon or like i'll make one that just says like mike myers 
um i'm i'm looking at like pictures from iCarly right now and i'm just like going through like a big thing like i'm just like i'm having like flashbacks of, like memories of the show that i didn't even know i was nostalgic for yeah until you brought it up and now i'm like maybe we should actually talk about shows one day because like yeah, a lot of honestly. even even more than movies, and I know I know this is like an aquamarine pod, and we're not even—it's like the thing where we don't even talk about it. But I think even more than movies, like a lot of these shows were like influential to us. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I know Drake and Josh is like responsible for like half my personality. Like honestly. no, yeah, like basically our whole generation's humor. I feel like came from <laughs> Drake and Josh, like Zillennial in particular, because I feel like it's like a good mixer of like millennial like irony and kind of like self-loathing with just like gen z chaos it's like the most chaotic show of all time like yeah it's really it gets really wacky in a way that i don't think zoe 101 or victorious or iCarly ever quite did um yeah i think um not that like victorious and iCarly weren't like smart but I feel like those two kind of relied more on like big and like loud and like weird and Drake and Josh was just kind of like it had like weird stuff but it was like there's literally an entire episode where like they get um into a steered stray program and then they get kidnapped yeah by uh like burglars and they have to pretend to be criminals, like hardened criminals, and then he pretends to beat the shit out of Josh with a banana mm-hmm. and, like, pluck out his eye and spit it out. Like, it's the most wacky shit that's ever been <laughs> on Nickelodeon. And, like, and again, it's not even dissing Victorious or iCarly, but I'm just saying, like, they've never done anything like that to where it's as weird as Drake and Josh. I think the only thing that's ever come close was Amanda's show, like, in general, which was yeah. very chaotic. Um, Amanda Bynes also is... Uh... Zillennial canon, definitely. It's, like, interesting, though, because I'm, like, it's weird because I feel like a lot of people always say, like, I don't, like, nobody really realizes, like, how few episodes there were of The Amanda Show. Um, Like, there really were not a lot of episodes, and it would just be the same episodes airing all the time. That's 46. Yeah, it was, like, two seasons or something. Yeah. Um, but they would always play the same episodes over and over again. And it's weird because when that came out, like, I always think about it like, oh, that's like my generation's, generation's show or whatever. When that came out, we were like two or three years old. Like, we were like super young. So, like, we wouldn't have really been watching that. It was like all in like reruns. So, I feel like Zillennial Ken and Amanda Bynes is like older. Well, I used to watch, I'm, I know I've seen like a few of them live, because I think the last episodes were like in 2002, mm-hmm. which was definitely around the time where I started watching Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. But I definitely probably watched like uh, reruns of it. And I think they use like reruns as a like a launching platform to promote Drake and Josh, like before yeah. it came out. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think they like went heavy on the reruns, like especially the Drake and Josh episodes. Mm-hmm. Um before season, the first season of Drake and Josh came out. Because I'm looking at the pictures now, but it says in season three of Amanda's show, the mom from Drake and Josh was on there, and I don't even remember that. I feel like, like I might. 
Oh, wait, she's in season one, too? Like, wait. Yeah, I feel like I might. She's, like, in, like, the infomercials, I think. Like, the fake infomercials and stuff. That was, like, genuinely, like, funnier than modern SNL. Like. Yeah. Like, like not even ironically. Like, it just is. No, like, yeah. I, definitely. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. Like, just pictures of it. And it's, like, I'm having, like, fond memories of it. Because it's, especially, like, the um, recurring bit where, like, they prank call the old guy. Was that oh, Dan yeah. Schneider? I think so. Oh, never mind. Yeah. All Dan well, Schneider. Amanda carried that scene, so. Yeah. Um. Totally, Kyle walked so Kyle Mooney could run. <laughs> um. He did a TikTok of that. Uh, yeah, I saw. Taron Killam was on the Amanda show. Yes, he was in Moody's Point. <laughs> he was in the uh, Stuck in the Suburbs movie too. Oh my god. <laughs> That's his lineal movie for sure. Yeah, we should cover that. Have we done oh. a Disney Channel movie yet? Uh, I don't think so. I think we were kind of sort of avoiding it for a little bit because then we were like, well, then we have to do all the Disney Channel movies. But we could oh, definitely true. we could dive into that if you wanna. Well, I think uh, not to discuss official pod business on the uh, you know on, on the, the pod. Main, on the pod um, <laughs> on the but, main. Uh, on the main. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah but i i think you know if we start with like the obscure ones i think it's fine to like do it um i think we should do radio rebel even though I'm not, no, that's not really a meme anymore no it's, it's it's not even a it's not even zillennial is it <laughs> i don't know i watched it well i didn't but then again here we are in aquamarine so yeah there's Those always a first time for something and you watched aquamarine for the first time so I'll say this. I I watched Aquamarine with no complaints. I, I, I did as I was told. But if you make me watch Radio Rebel, there will be a little bit of backlash. Like, I I might have to fight you on that one. Because I'm looking at it right now, and I'm just like, I don't know if I want to do this. It's similar to... It's like a mix between, like, Max Keeble and... Um, like well you sold me already but like carrie what i don't know i just know there's like a scene <laughs> at, like at, like a prom <laughs> i really what happened to debbie ryan anyways like where did she go she's married to one of the guys from 21 pilots okay, literally well... she has like a massive fan base and she was a meme and everyone was like stop making fun of her and she had like a beautiful wedding to one of the 21 pilots guys um well, oh, she was on Sweet Life on Deck, wasn't she? I think so. <laughs> also, the the TikTok, <laughs> the TikTok meme that's like the Jesse theme song, like sung really badly. Uh, it's like, hey, Jesse, ooh, I don't know. It feels I... like a party. <laughs> it's so funny. I don't know if I've ever seen Jesse ever. Jesse. You'd probably like Jesse. Would I? I think you'd think it's like so funny. Why? Like not like ironically. Like Uh-oh. I think it's like our brand of like ironic, ridiculous humor. This was 2011. I Jesse. Yeah. Yeah, I was like babysitting at the time, so it's. Oh, um... I was like, what were you doing watching? No, Jesse? like most of these shows, I. I, like, babysat, like, throughout all of, like, middle and high school, so I've watched 
so many of these. Shows. I think Mia's told me the same thing before, where I like I ask her like, "Why did you see this movie?" And she's like, "I, I was babysitting," and I'm like, "Oh, okay." Like, uh, I this is why like I haven't seen like a lot of the recent kids movies or kids shows because it's like I had no idea. I used to work with kids, and I remember they told me about um some Disney Channel shows, but like anytime they would talk about it, I'd be like, "I have no idea what that is." <laughs> And then they would go off on me, like the kids. They'd be like, you don't know about Andy Mack? You don't know about this? Like, and I was just like, I have no idea what you're saying right now. Like, yeah, one thing I um, I just have no idea what's going on with is um, the Descendants. I, I know, um, like, the gist of it. I've never actually seen it, but I, I know, like, what it is, because... Um, I remember there was this one girl that I used to work with and she, uh, not, not coworker kid that I worked, uh, you know, you get it. Uh, mm-hmm. little kid. That was like her favorite movie. And I swear to God, like right before descendants two, I think was coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, she literally talked about it every time she came in and like, she would go to the art room and draw like descendant stuff every time. And it was so cute, but I was like, oh my god, to be that young and that obsessed with anything is like... Yeah. Like, I can't... They like have, was, like, pretty decent music, I guess. Um, like I mean, I feel it's, like they, it's Kenny they Ortega. Use, what? It's oh, Kenny yeah, Ortega, yeah. Um, also, like, Dove Cameron is, like, super talented. She's, like, so ridiculously pretty, it makes me angry. Um Wait, was and, she, uh, she's in, in, uh, what's it called again? Descendants? Yeah, she's been in, like, all the Descendants movies, and now she, she does, like, theater stuff, because she's, like, a really good singer. You're gonna, uh, like, slap me, but the only thing I know her from is, uh, I think she was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think, and... Um, probably. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, she like, was in the that. Disney ABC family. Yeah, she was not ABC good. family, but like under the Disney ABC umbrella. She voiced Spider Gwen on like Disney XD. Oh yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, that's cute. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I've never seen Descendants, but I know that's like a big, uh, like yeah, like kids are like obsessed. I'd say it's like a modern day High School Musical almost. Like probably. I mean, not just because of Kenny Ortega, but like I guess just like the level of like merchandising and. Uh, like, just kids becoming so obsessed with something. Dude, but I... Other than, like... Like, because I feel like there's always, like, the Disney movie. Like, how Frozen is and stuff. Like, kids right. being obsessed with that. But, like, I guess, like, a Disney Channel movie that, like, surpasses it and becomes, like, a legitimate phenomenon. Like... Well, it's big because, like, you know, the budgets for those things are so low. Mm-hmm. And when they can profit almost as much as they do on regular like big budget movies on a small scale budget like and they the thing is they advertise in-house like they don't promote anywhere else than on disney channel or on disney platforms and so yeah and the merchandise is like ridiculous like they have like dolls they have i've seen so many kids with like yeah. descendants backpacks dude when i was um like nine i think i went to go see high school musical on ice yeah and like Which, the, like ridiculous <laughs> was so stupid but the thing that uh yeah i remember it was before the third one came out so it was just the first two movies on ice yeah. but um the amount of merchandise that they were selling in that auditor in the in the stadium was yeah. like oh my god like they had like wildcat 
everything like yeah sunglasses wands like those like little twirly things that you got at those on ice shows yeah like, you press the button and it would spin like a fan um like like wildcat lightsabers like everything you can imagine that they fucking had it there and i just like i think that was the first time as a kid where i was like i think disney might be bad <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So, High School Musical on Ice. Did you go to I, that? Maybe we should save this conversation for a Disney Channel episode. I I just feel like that's so far away. Like Okay. So, Disney has like these like weird live events. Which one did you go to any other ones? Like you went to High School oh, Musical on Ice. I'm pretty sure that was my last one, but I went to like all of them before that one. Like the Disney uh, on Ice and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I went to all the Disney on Ice before. Yeah. I think that was the last one I went to. I could be wrong about that. I might have done like one more after that. But no, I went to um they I, they had Monsters Inc. They had uh Toy Story One and Two. They had Finding Nemo. They had uh incre- it wasn't Incredibles, but it, like it was like, almost like a sequel on Ice, which was weird because they gave like it was like a sequel with Syndrome coming back, and you were interactive on in the audience, mm. and when you came in the door, if you were like under I don't know, 15, they would give you like a wristband where if you clicked a button, it would like point a laser. And at the end of the show, like you would point a laser at Syndrome and he would like die. And that was like the highlight of my life when I was a kid. But um, I think for like pretty much every Pixar movie, they had one. And I went to all of them when I was here. Um, Because my mom had a friend that worked at Radio Disney. Oh, that's pretty sick. And that's how I got into all the advanced screenings for Disney movies when I was a kid. And also how I, uh, uh, what do you call it? I got Disney on Ice tickets. Yeah. I I only went to my first concert. It was Cheetah Girls and Vanessa Hudgens. It was like a, uh, what's it called? That's pretty sick. Like a a Disney concert. But it was like them. uh, And it was great. It's really good. I miss the Cheetah Girls so much, and I think we should cover the Cheetah Girls movies. I liked when the did you see this on. Uh, it was like uh, I can't remember what which Cheetah Girl was, but in her bio on Instagram it said like uh, watch the Cheetah Girls on Disney Plus, and then under that it said seriously I need the royalties. <laughs> I can't <laughs> no, remember which one it was. Like it wasn't right, um, but it was one of. But the there other was ones. like they got like they got into like a fight. Like two of them got into a fight, and Raven was just like in the middle of it. Oh, it was very over what? Uh, like I don't even know. Like they were like, like they like fought when they were in the Cheetah Girls, and like they were like dredging up like old. Is uh, this why Raven wasn't in the uh, sequels? Um, I think it was something about money. Of course, I don't know though. But it makes the world go around. Am I right? Uh, am I yeah. <laughs> am I right, liberals? <laughs> Uh, oh, so you know what I'm about to say. Uh, wait, what? So Aquamarine. Oh yeah, okay. I was about to say. I'm like, I want to see how this goes back to Aquamarine. Uh, oh my God! Wait, I was just holding. Oh, oh my God! I was just scrolling down Twitter, and I saw a video that says one of the greatest moments in Disney history. I don't make the rules. Listen to this. <laughs> I 
Did they sing that in the movie, or was that like... Uh... Yeah, that was in the movie. Okay, I couldn't remember if that was that, or because I remember um, even after the movie came out, you know, like between like commercials, like or between shows, like when they had like downtime, they would just like play music videos. Yeah, that was um, like they would play this. I don't want to go in depth on the Cheetah Girls right now. No, we don't have to. Because I have just... so much to say about them. Yeah, we'll save it for the actual Cheetah Girls episode, but yeah. All I was going to say was um, that they used to do that like at around midnight where they would do like a 30 minute block where it wasn't even like any shows were on. It would just be nonstop Disney Channel music videos. Mm-hmm. And I remember they used to play that one all the time. And it was like almost weirdly calming to me, like their voice, like it would yeah. put me to sleep like because it was so soothing. Um, also, I can't remember who the singers were, but it was someone doing uh, Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf. And I was like, I don't know, like those songs always put me to sleep when I was a kid because I couldn't, I just sleep with Disney Channel like on a timer when I was a kid. So I always fall asleep to that at night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you got me down the rabbit hole of Disney Channel music videos. Well, so. we were talking about Emma Roberts being bad at singing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's how we got there. Are. <laughs> Sorry, Emma Roberts. Congratulations on your pregnancy. Yeah, I'm sure she's listening right now in labor, and she's like, those assholes. She like, literally is recently pregnant. Oh, okay. But she's going to she's gonna catch up for a bit on the Zillow Canon, and then she'll get to this episode. Um, okay. Well, speaking of Emma Roberts, um, so I had mentioned that her character is written as, like, super complex, and I think that... Um, it's like a very realistic portrayal of like anxiety. Um, and I don't remember who said it. I think it was Aquamarine that said it, but they explain coping with anxiety as being friends with life. Like they wouldn't want you to be scared of life. They would want you to be friends with it. And I'm just like, that's a really nice way of putting it to kids. Yeah, there is a few things in this movie, not just that, like, that were, like, big topics that they kind of very gently, like, touched on and, like, yeah. explained to kids, um, which I admire. Yeah, especially also, like, I literally almost teared up, because JoJo's, like, I know we, like, kind of meme, like, yeah, she's, like, zillennial, like, she's, she's like, like, a very good actress. She should and... have been in more movies, I think. Yeah, she's an incredible actress and like similar to like how Lindsay Lohan was like they were in like teen movies, but they were like so talented and like people just didn't appreciate them as much as they deserve to be. Um, And the like monologue when Jojo was like telling Aquamarine that like romantic love isn't everything. And when she's like, it's the closest thing we have to magic. And I'm like, damn, Jojo. Yeah, it was kind of, it was cute. When that it happened. was, it was nice because, I don't know. It, it was a nice way of like portraying, portraying it as not really like a, like a fairy tale thing, but like that it's like good and like. But it feels like. Yeah. 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 I, uh. Yeah, I really like it. And, you know, I, I mean, I know I talked earlier about, like, having worked with kids in the past and, like, they kind of, you know, explain things to me about, like, the current stuff. But, like, 
you know, recently I watched Inside Out again uh, with mm-hmm. Mia because she never saw it surprisingly, and we just watched it this week. And I, I put on Letterbox like how I have very fond memories of that movie because uh, the kids that I worked with they held it in such a high regard. Mm-hmm. Um, and anytime I see a movie like Aquamarine, and I'm not comparing Aquamarine to Inside Out, but what I'm saying is, I mean, you could, you, I guess. But like the thing is, I like like anytime a movie or a kids movie at least even attempts to address big topics mm-hmm. um, in a way that's accessible to kids. I always admire it, no matter, even if the movie's good or bad or somewhere in between, like I always can take that and admire it. Because I think even like if a kid, because like a kid doesn't know if it's good or bad, they just enjoy it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and if they can take something away from it, like that's beautiful, I think. And um, that kind of goes to what I was saying earlier about like, they at least cared and tried with this movie which is more than i can say for a lot of kids movies from this time because mm-hmm. um, they they actually did put themes into this movie like actual themes with beginning and ends and character arcs that actually come full circle to a sense so you know it's admirable and it's it's very sweet i think yeah i um also like i realized i feel like i said this for like a few other movies but um, I feel like the dynamic between the three girls is, like, something that I'm, like, subconsciously writing into, like, my current project, um, because I just think that they have, like, a good kind of group dynamic, if that makes sense. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean... I don't know. Like, I just, I, I like how they all kind of, like, bounce off each other, and... Like, you can tell why they're friends and why they love each other, but they're also, like, different. Like, they're they're separate, and they have their own, like, quirks and anxieties, and, um, yeah. I, I, I can't remember what movie we were talking about. I think this was, like, one of the earlier episodes. But it was, like, you, we were talking about, how like, how these characters were, like, different, but, like, you can also see why they were friends. Like, you also understand, like why their differences only made them like closer mm-hmm. i can't remember what movie we were talking about but was it confessions of a teenage drama queen maybe it... i think so let me go back to my letterbox zillion canon list um i feel like it was confessions of a teenage drama queen probably yeah maybe who cares um it's probably that one it's uh but i i, I think the same thing applies to here where it's like you understand what makes them different, but you also see why that just makes them have a stronger bond. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't lie. The first like uh, 20 minutes of this movie where it was just like, it was kind of annoying to me. Like it was just, and I felt bad because like the ending was, or like the second half of the movie was better. Uh-huh. But there is a part of this movie. And even Mia said this and she's, she hasn't seen this movie since she, since she was like, I guess nine, she said, but uh, we were both saying like this movie it like the entire like first 20 30 minutes just them like giggling over like nothing and it's just no like... i know i i wrote like most of the dialogue is just like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean and it's not like terrible and it's like it's cute enough because you know i'm not trying to be like that guy who's like oh girls are laughing what, what are they laughing about but it's like at the same time though like literally like you're every... laughing you're laughing <laughs> But it's like there's a mermaid on land and you're laughing. <laughs> she wait, hold on. She's I can't even say without laughing. You're laughing. You're laughing. She's gonna turn back into a mermaid at sunset and you're laughing. 
<laughs> I'm gonna make that meme in like deep fry. Thank you. I'll tweet it when you have it. Okay. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, it's and again, I'm not trying to be that guy. I'm just saying that. I mean, I literally didn't know what they were laughing at for the first like 20 minutes. Like, they, like anything. Just someone... Happy. I okay. Well, I'm not, so I guess I couldn't understand. Um. Thanks. But. <laughs> but and I think. I think after they met Aqua, and even then, it was kind of like, whatever. But, like, once this relationship establishes between all three of them, I thought the movie got better as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started enjoying it more at that point. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. all I have to say about that. I mean, I don't... Oh, um, another thing, too. I was going to get into this before. Um Raymond is absolutely the most useless human being of all time. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, go on. <laughs> so it. they have good chemistry, whatever. And then, like, it's funny because, like, he has to, like, play, like, the dreamy, like, hunky guy. So, like, <laughs> like when he's... when he <laughs> So, first of all, Emma Roberts plays a very convincing drowning victim. She does, actually. I, I'll say that. <laughs> like to the point where I was like kind of scared of it as a kid like when she like coughs up water um but like she's like in the bottom of the pool for like a few (laughs) minutes and Raymond is like on the side of the pool and he has to like make a big show of like taking off his shirt before jumping in yeah, I kind of. Like, she's that. literally on the bottom of the pool. She's like that meme of like the lady like sitting in a chair at the bottom of the ocean. Have you ever seen that? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Well, that that just sums up this this movie. But um, yeah, Emma Roberts just sinks to the bottom of the pool, is drowning. Raymond has to take off his shirt to show off his abs. Um, and then another thing too is um. Oh, another thing about Emma Roberts drowning. So I know it's like a big... <laughs> another thing about Emma Roberts drowning. It's like a big emotional moment at the end when they all jump in to save Aquamarine. However, so Jojo's like, I gotta jump in and save her. And Emma Roberts is like, no, not without me, you're not. And it's like, girl, you don't know how to swim. <laughs> so you're gonna make it worse for everyone and of course immediately they jump in together and emma roberts just starts drowning like that's two people now that jojo has to save because useless raymond had to run off the dock to go get his lifeguard board i'll, I'll say and this he uh he doesn't well... come back until after they're all safe again he's <laughs> <laughs> literally the most useless person um, I'll say this: while he won me over, being like a romantic lead, he did not win me or win me over when it came to like being useful. He didn't pass as a lifeguard. You know, he's just an he's a dumbass. But like, yeah. he's lovable at the what end. Do, what do the kids call it? A himbo? I I don't even know. <laughs> I oh, like a male. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I was like, what? Like. <laughs> I see that on my Twitter timeline all the time. An attractive but unintelligent man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Wait, I looked I looked up himbo and there's a meme that's like the himbo pride flag and somebody put um what's 
Bunch had McQuack on it. <laughs> from uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim? No, from DuckTales. Bunch had McQuack. That's in. Uh, that's one of the songs in Scott Pilgrim, but I guess it's like a... Oh, no, it's like the aviator guy from DuckTales. I've never seen DuckTales. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I know, it, I guess that's a reference I did not know was Wait, a reference. Wait, this doesn't account your fave as a himbo. <laughs> okay, well, who's the first result? Oh, this is like dumb. It's like people from like League of Legends. Oh, okay. Oh. I, I don't. Chase the King from Lego City Undercover. <laughs> <laughs> Aquaman. <laughs> he is though, actually. Uh, who else do we have? They're all like video game people that I like don't really care about. An anime. Um. Okay, Tasmanian Devil. I would say. No. <laughs> um, Ken from Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. He's like the ultimate. Like he's the blueprint. Literally in uh, the Michael Keaton one, especially. Um. Hmm. I, wait. Do you know like not from this account, but like just in general, like who would you say is like a himbo in like movie history? Um. Or I even say... shows, I guess. Channing Tatum in She's the Man. Um, um, Channing Tatum, like, in any movie, honestly. like. Um, yeah, I guess. No, and I like Channing Tatum, but he always plays, like, that. Yeah. Like, lovable idiot. Yeah. Um, hey, I Kira. say my fire. <laughs> Sorry, what? Um, I'm gonna need you to check your phone. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Thank you. I'll tweet that out. You're laughing. Aquamarine turns back into a mermaid at sunset and you're laughing. Okay. Before we end this episode, I just want to say that I'm going to dye my hair with blue streaks. <laughs> this is the blueprint for that. Um, Every girl wanted blue hair after this. Also, it was like a thing. I, I don't know how I didn't open the episode with this. That like me and my friends and I feel like it's just like a universal experience. Just like going to a pool and pretending that you're a mermaid uh i was gonna i meant to ask you that like before or like at the earlier in the pod like was it like a big fantasy for like well mermaids for some reason i don't know if it's because like the little mermaid came out when we were like so well we it was before we were born but like it was such a big like deal when we were so young right um but and, like, I'd never really gotten into, like, H2O, but I know that a lot of people liked it. And there was recently a reboot of it, like, the Nickelodeon show that was, like, Australian or whatever. Um, but, yeah, mermaids were, like, a massive deal. Um, and, like, also, like, fairies were a thing, too. Like, that, I don't know if it was, like, a trend, but that was just, like, a weird niche obsession. Like, me and my friends used to make, if, if Deirdre's listening, which she probably is because we both like Aquamarine. Hi, Deirdre. We used to make um, fairy houses in, like, the back of our elementary school's, like, field or whatever. Like, fairies were definitely a thing. But definitely mermaids were, um, I don't know. That was, like, a weird obsession that myself and a lot of, like, girls that I knew had. And I had friends that, like, we would go to the YMCA every Saturday night to, like, hang out or whatever. And we would always be like, okay, let's go play mermaids. (laughs) And it was just kind of, like thing and we would like swim with like our legs together or something and then like of course that 
like infamous camp or whatever in Florida where it's like you like learn how to be a mermaid. How do I not know about this? Oh, it was like I feel like I'm surprised that like it didn't come back around in like the viral video on Facebook format. But it's like you go to this like summer camp and you like get like a rubber like tail or whatever and you like pretend to be like a mermaid. It was for like like preteens. Like it was for like rich preteens. It feels like uh, it could be deeply dangerous too. No, it was like a legitimate thing. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I haven't. Not it that it's not legitimate, but like it feels like a, it could go terribly wrong at any moment. Oh yeah, I mean probably, but yeah. I'm looking at pictures right now and I don't understand. Also, like, like the uh, like the whole like Disney World mermaid things. Like I feel like looking at those images are just very like oh my god wow. And, like, I'll, still, I'm just, like, that's awesome. I'll just say this. My first, like, I feel stupid for saying this, but, like, you're, like, you know how you, when you were younger you crushed on, like, an animated character? Mm-hmm. My first crush was Ariel from Little Mermaid. Of course. And uh, when I I met, like, a, a character meeting greet of Ariel mm-hmm. at, like, Hollywood Studios, which was MGM back in the day. Yeah, but because uh, she, I think they still have the show. Actually, the Little Mermaid, the Voyage of something, um, and I met her, and I like geeked out when I was a little kid. Yeah, I have a really cute picture of me and her when I was three years old because I was obsessed with her. It's actually on my bulletin board right now. That was my favorite Disney movie when I was growing up. Like, Damn. Um, yeah. That, I, I does really that count as millennial? Um. Yeah, I guess. I really I mean, wanted to recreate the picture of me and her, and then, like, I went to go, like, meet her, and the line was, like, an hour and a half long. Oh, Jesus. And I was like, probably not. <laughs> I didn't want to, like, waste a fast pass on that. So, yeah. Well, you can do fast passes on char- character meeting greets? Yeah, because the lines are so long now that, like, usually just, like, the princesses, um, but you could do it for Mickey, too. Huh. Okay. But we just did it during our magic hours, so we didn't have to wait. But front of the pod, yeah. Zach, that we were talking shit about earlier, uh, he, <laughs> he he explained uh, fast passes to me like eighty times the day we went together, and I still yeah. don't understand it. Yeah, we had to get ours like sixty days in advance or something. I somehow got it from work, and uh, after someone explained it to me how difficult they are to get. I yeah. was like, okay, so I definitely got very lucky. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure Sean went on at, like, 7 a.m. to get ours, and we didn't even get, like, um, Flight of Passage or anything. Which, uh, what's the, which is the guy... We waited in line for three hours for that. What's the guy that you, like, love that designed that ride? Oh, Joe, <laughs> Joe Rody. Yeah. <laughs> King. Him and Tony Baxter are kings, literally. No idea who they are, but they sound like kings. Joe Rody did all of Animal Kingdom. And Tony Baxter did... Um, actually, I have a sticker on my phone case that says, I'm a huge fan of Tony Baxter. And it has a picture of him. And he's just a regular guy with a mustache. And it has like a very like 80s background. But um, he designed like the Indiana Jones ride in California... He did Splash Mountain. He did um, 
I don't remember what else he did, but he he like had his hand in like a lot of really interesting niche things in like the eighties and nineties. I'll be this is not on it's kind of on topic, but um I was looking to see if that Voyage of the Little Mermaid show is still available mm-hmm. on Hollywood Studios because I didn't see it last time I went. And yeah, it's still open. I didn't realize it was still going. Because I remember going to that show when I was like uh, like four or five. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's like still running. And like it doesn't seem like something that would still be going. Yeah, that and like Star Wars Launch Bay need to be like bulldozed to the ground. <laughs> Star Wars launch. Okay, I. Star Wars launch bay is somebody's basement. Okay, I. It smells like mildew. I'm hesitant. Kylo Ren was not meeting people that day. I'm hesitant to say this, but I know that none of them listen to this pod, so it's fine. But literally every Tinder girl that I like went on dates with back in 2018. Pretty much every like every Tinder girl I met before Mia. Mm Mm-hmm worked at star wars launch bay which was the weirdest <laughs> fucking thing like i have no idea how every I hope they all listen and i hope they all yeah. know each other <laughs> two of them do i know that but like <laughs> other like i okay last time i went to hollywood studios i guess she wait, 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 pause what? you know that meme where it's like peter griffin running and it's like don't trust these hoes with like <laughs> the like cute pink aesthetics <laughs> don't trust these hoes that work in <laughs> I was gonna say pirates at Star, Star Wars launch bay. <laughs> well she used to work at this girl I'm not gonna say her name but she used to work at Star Wars launch bay and the last time I went to Hollywood Studios I when I bought blue milk for the first time mm-hmm. of, all, of all the people that could have been my cashier somehow got the girl I went on a date and other stuff with and mm-hmm. um very, very unfortunate uh, that they just all happened to be in the same area of which I was going like that your day. favorite thing in the world, like Star Wars. Yeah, and like, they all were. Well, I, to... I remember one time uh, one of them like Snapchatted me uh, like a picture of like one of the Star Tours droids. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she said, hey, you fucking nerd. I bet you know what the name of this droid is. And I'd be like, yeah, that's uh, L317. And she's like, good. I'm glad you <laughs> knew that. <laughs> cool. <laughs> wow, Adam, very cool. <laughs> so aquamarine. All right, I think this is. Oh, can we talk about the starfish? <laughs> You're about to say it's enough. <laughs> yeah, go for it. The complimentary starfish. I think it's a cute concept, but the second they start talking, I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, it was pretty, I, I think I have the exact, like, same exact thoughts. Yeah. Um, my only other note for this movie was, uh, the car that the rich girl drives. The Florida um, license plate says princess. Yeah, um, every, that, I don't know what car it is specifically, like, it's a like little a car. pink punch buggy. Yeah, it, like, literally, like, every Zillennial movie, like, it's funny like even in mean girls and stuff like that they all have like pink cars to like let you know that they're like you know they're girl girls they're not like uh like the main characters are like they're girls but then the mean girls are like girl girls you know yeah like it's very like paris hilton-esque yeah exactly like as if like that like pink fluffy like like straight hair 
You know what I mean? What's like Like very tall and skinny. Well, it's like as if the culture kind of got tired of that in the 90s and early 2000s. Like very early 2000s. And then they had to like mock it for so long for 10 years later. Like I feel like that's what culture and movies like do. Where you have a trend and then you have to mock it in media for the next 10 years. And like label it as bad. Does that make sense? Um... Because, like, mean, everyone I mean, loved Paris yes. Hilton, but then, like, they everyone hated Paris Hilton one day. You know? I think, I feel like Paris Hilton has been a universally loved as well as hated at the same time for, like, her entire life. Okay, well, all I'm saying like, is, maybe, like... Maybe because, I'm, like, we're, like, younger, but, like, I can't remember a time that people... Well, I think she, it's kind of like the, it's similar to Kim Kardashian, where it's like, if you talk to anybody, they're like, I don't like her. Well, it's like, like, she still has this insane amount of, like, power and fame. Which is crazy to me, like, how they have power, even though, like, no one likes them. Um, Yeah, but, like, uh, in terms of, like, Paris Hilton, it's like, I feel like recently, people have kind of come around maybe it's because like social media but people have kind of like come around and been like oh she's great actually like she's great but there's always been like this level of like she's so dumb like I hate her like but like there's no denying like the impact that her like style and like personality have had on pop culture she made Kim Kardashian famous well I think it's more so that I meant like not so much her as a person but like her brand and she had a show on MTV right like Uh, a reality show Sure, I don't know what it's called. I love but, that show; it's so good. Um, yeah. I only know of its existence. I never saw an episode, but like, I I think that as a culture, not because we liked her, not we. I was too young, but um, like, as a culture, society. like people, yes, you know, society <laughs> is so obsessed with like just everything about her and her style that we went through a phase of going through it and like stuff forever, and then at a certain point. People were like, no, that's bad and stupid. And then movies, not even just Aquamarine, but like any movie where the mean girl was like this caricature, like it would be the same exact Paris Hilton style and it would be like a thing that would happen for the next 10 years, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you have to tear down something through media that you built up through media. It's kind of an interesting dynamic. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I guess this was like the pretty... Um like overall aesthetic for like the it's literally that taylor swift swift song you wear short skirts i wear (laughs) t-shirts i'm on the bleachers dreaming about the day when you wake up and find out what you're looking for has been here the whole okay um (laughs) yeah i mean in movies now which like like i was saying before there are like no like teen movies, and if can there you, are, I'm not watching them. But like, can you think of like the last one? Aren't, there was. Like, the bullies aren't like Instagram girls. Can like, there th- are no like e girls in movies. Uh, is that true? Yeah, because I remember uh. I was like the most accurate representation of high school are 21 Jump Street and me and Arlen the Dying Girl because there are scene kids in the movie. 
Like, literally no other representation of high school is correct, because both those movies have seen kids in them. Um, I'm trying to think. Joe told me, because he's recently a high school graduate. Yeah. Um, he told me there is one. Which is ridiculous and stupid. Sorry, Joe. Yeah, he does not deserve rights. He can't he's even drink child. yet. What a, he's a child. What a, he's a fucking idiot. That's what he is. Um, <laughs> How can you stand to be around such a childish child? I I try to get rid of him. He just keeps coming back. But I just I find it funny that we just bully Joe, and he definitely just doesn't even listen to the podcast. Uh. He, I think he said Booksmart was pretty accurate to like how, like his experience, like as the last two years. It was like, oh yeah, I forgot about Booksmart, honestly. Even though uh, we were just discussing Lights Camera Jackson's Booksmart review, which turned <laughs> one year old this past weekend. I want to make a fan cam and be like, stream Lights Camera Jackson's Booksmart review. <laughs> can we watch it? Can we do an LCJ fan cam and be like, stream LCJ? Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, why not? It's weird because I feel like LCJ is, um, like, I, I don't know, like, you know, like, the stand side of film Twitter? Mm-hmm. So, I feel like they, like, don't know who he is or, like, don't care to know who he is. And then, like, serious film Twitter is just, like, they don't want to pay him, like, any mind because it's LCJ. Right. So, like, he just, like, exists in this weird, like, I don't know. Well, he he has a <laughs> podcast, right? Yeah, but it's about, like, a canceled Fox show that only went on for, like, one season. <laughs> Wait, what? About Kelsey Grammer as, like, a news anchor. Why? <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I don't know. That's really funny to me. I'm looking at, like, recent coming-of-age movies. Mm-hmm. Um... I thought Spectacular Now was pretty accurate to, like, just... Yeah, but that's not, like, a like a preteen movie, I mean. Oh, you mean, like, specifically preteen movie? Yeah, like, something oh. that, like, young girls could be like, I'm gonna go see this. Yeah, right. Um, There's not really anything. I but... mean, <clears throat> good boys. Uh... Alright, and on that note... <laughs> no, but I don't think there is a... You're right, there's none of these, like... I don't know, like, in, I mean, there's definitely, like, movies that they could watch, like, Fault in Our Stars and shit, like, yeah. but those aren't about them. And you're right, like, uh, what you said earlier, like, a lot of them are on Netflix now, like, The Kissing Booth and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't think, to all the boys, she's uh, a preteen, but it's, like... That's still, like, I, I feel like that's a, uh, what's it called? Like, a, um... Like, when you, like, see yourself, I don't know, like, how I'm always, like, Kira's teen girl canon, like, things like that, I guess, are, like, that for, like, kids um, now. I didn't finish the movie, but the half of it was kind of like that. Mm. Um, she was pretty young in that movie. Uh, not not a terrible movie, I just wasn't, it's not really for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm trying to, I was, like, I specifically searched Netflix teen movies, because I was giving up on theatrical movies and i literally i still can't find any specifics yeah as far as like preteens go so it's a it's a dead genre that should be revived i guess yeah i mean yeah you're right let me try go for it kira yeah um well on that note of not really talking about aquamarine do you have anything else to say about aquamarine uh not a bad movie eh 
No, I think it's pretty good, honestly. I love Aquamarine. That's why I said not a bad movie, eh? Yeah. Yeah, that's all pretty I gotta good. say. Pretty good, good movie. Uh, yeah, you know, I'll go ahead sorry, and bump so my... low energy. I just I love this movie. I'm just very tired. It's after one AM. <laughs> it's one AM and you're talking about Aquamarine. You're laughing. <laughs> um, so, would you like to plug? Um, you can stream LCJ's reviews on LightsCameraJackson.com, and you can also uh, follow my other podcast, The Final Shot Podcast. It's on Spotify, Apple, wherever you pod. Uh, we went on Google Podcasts recently. If anyone goes on there, I don't know. Um, and I don't know. Uh, Twitter, Adam underscore not Sandler. And yeah, that's pretty much it. That's otherwise don't follow me anywhere else. It's off limits. Wow, Adam, very cool. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you can find me on Twitter at garlic emoji. Um, and I, uh, Mike Myers Movie Club every Saturday. Now we also have Dana Carvey Movie Club every Wednesday, which I did not agree to, um, which is why we watch Master of Disguise and why uh, I have to watch, or I'm going to watch Jack and Jill tomorrow for the first time. Is he in that movie? Yeah, for like two seconds. <laughs> we just, just kind of, like we kind of like all love Don Cacino and we just, we need to, we just want to watch it. Don't quote me on this, but I might stop by. I might. Adam, please. I gotta see what my mood is tomorrow. Like, I gotta see if I can unfortunately, handle Unfortunately, once this is released, it'll be after after the fact. So, I can't remember what we're watching this Saturday night, but yeah. Are, have you guys done the Love Guru yet? No, and we're putting it off as long as we can. <laughs> uh... I feel like you guys only have a limited amount left, right? Like, are you going to have to, like, recycle um, movies? I mean, I literally one week in, I purchased his collection from Saturday Night Live, and we haven't even gotten to that point yet. Like, we didn't even watch, like, Shrek 2 yet. Um, we still, like, we just now watched Wayne's World 2. We finished Austin Powers. We have three more Shrek movies. Um, yeah, I mean... And then, like, we kind of spaced it out. Like, we found, like, a lost Austin Powers MTV special. We did that. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're going strong. <laughs> Still can't really go outside, so. Uh... Yeah. Uh, just to, you know, speak from common sense. Stay inside. And if yeah. you have to leave, wear a mask. Yeah. And don't have a party, especially this weekend. It's Fourth of July weekend. First of all, why celebrate America? Second of all, <laughs> don't go outside and don't be around people, you idiot. Yeah, I literally, I'm gonna. That grill... isn't even being sarcastic. Like, I'm gonna grill steak in my uh, in my house, and that's it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna sit in my room and also take care of my dog as she's scared of fireworks. Oh my god! Yeah, I gotta take care of my dog too. Fuck. Yeah. I hate. I hate America. You can quote me on that. Um, and on that note, Ariana Grande licking the donut and putting it back. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes. Legend icon. She truly set the precedent for 
This is I don't know. <laughs> We're going on. Stuff. I know. Okay. Oh, another thing too. I didn't <laughs> mention this. <laughs> well, <laughs> before we leave, I didn't mention this last week. Um, I hope everyone enjoys our theme song. <laughs> oh yeah, I cannot wait uh, to hear it on this episode. Yeah. Um. So I just kind of like threw it into last week's episode without any warning. Um. But it was a lot of fun to put together. Obviously, you can hear what I sampled in it, which is Animal Crackers in My Soup. I remixed it. Um, Shirley Temple Little Darling DVD collection. Let's not get into that. <laughs> Alright. Bye. Bye. Oh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't know you. <laughs> <laughs>